Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, a podcast for health and wellness practitioners passionately committed to transforming our current broken disease-focused system. Your host, Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, is devoted to helping you get results with complex health challenges like autoimmune, hormonal imbalances, and chronic health challenges caused by nutritional and lifestyle-induced imbalances. Here's your host, Dr. Rita Marie. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners who are passionate about making a difference. On today's episode, we are going to talk about a very important topic, that of thyroid health. And there appears to be an epidemic of this in our society. So we're going to explore some of the reasons why that's so, and some of the steps that you can take as a practitioner to help people truly get to the heart of what their symptoms are about and help them to heal in ways that no other practitioner has helped them before. So there are a lot of reasons for this epidemic. Before I explain that, though, I really want to talk about the misconception that thyroid symptoms mean there's something wrong with the thyroid gland. You may be surprised at that concept or that comment. So let me explain. Thyroid symptoms like depression, dry skin, exhaustion, sensitivity to cold, low energy, inability to lose weight, brain fog. They are there because there's not enough thyroid hormone entering the cells. This could be because the thyroid's not producing enough thyroid hormone, or it could be because there's not enough of the active hormone T3 getting into the cells and binding to the receptors that are on the nucleus of the cell to help them to have energy. Low intracellular thyroid hormone can be the result of poor conversion from T4 to T3. It could be a result of excess binding globulin, the protein that carries it around in the bloodstream and doesn't allow the active forms to get released, or it could be receptor malfunction. So we're going to talk about some of these things and what really is the true underlying cause of thyroid dysfunction. So the thyroid hormone is circulating in the blood and it gets transported into the cell via a transporter molecule. And then once it's in there, it needs to bind to the receptor on the nucleus in order to activate the thyroid hormone. That receptor is dependent on retinoic acid, which is vitamin A. The receptors function as a hormone activated transcription, which helps with gene expression. So those receptors are super important and it's important that they are functioning properly. So what causes poor intracellular thyroid function? One theory that makes a lot of sense is the cell danger response that was first described by Dr. Robert Navia. The body deliberately turns down the metabolism to turn attention to healing when it perceives danger. So there are a lot of factors that reduce cellular energy or increase cellular stress and can cause reduced thyroid hormone transport and cause the deactivation of the thyroid hormones. So even in the presence of adequate levels of thyroid hormones in the blood, which by the way, most conventionally trained medical doctors don't even test for, normal gland function, thyroid symptoms can be present because there's not enough thyroid hormone getting into the cells or there's not enough activated thyroid hormones getting into the cells. 
These are important factors to consider, and they're overlooked by conventional medicine. We'll talk about that process that the conventional medicine uses that is is deficient. So some of the things that can cause this cell danger response and cause the thyroid hormone not to be activated properly are nutrient deficiencies, low oxygen, hypoxia on a cellular level, heavy metals that get into the system. We also have microorganism imbalances, gut imbalances, gut flora imbalances, inflammation, Who doesn't have inflammation that we see in our practices? Inflammation is one of the most common causes of all illnesses today. Oxidative stress. We have tons of things that cause oxidative stress, and there's a lot of toxins around. There's mold, there's EMFs, there's all kinds of stuff and pollutants in the air. All of these things have an effect and cause the cell danger response to be activated and the thyroid hormone in the cell to be deactivated. Plus, there's good old medications. We have a free resource that you can download. We'll give you the link later and it'll be on the site that is going to have a list of those medications that can actually cause problems with thyroid function. So, Here's the thing about the cell danger response. It's supposed to be short term. And due to the stressors that we have in our modern life, that cell danger response tends to be a chronic condition. And that's a big problem. So as part of the cell danger response, cellular thyroid physiology changes occur. And these include the reduction of thyroid hormone transport into the cells, and the deactivation of the hormone and the inability of the thyroid, if it gets into the cell, to actually bind to the receptor on the nucleus. If a cell is under stress, there's reduced energy, and thus the transport into the cell, which is an energy-dependent function, is reduced. So when less thyroid hormone enters the cell, The thyroid that can reach, the hormone that can reach the actual receptors is reduced. And the mitochondria in the nucleus don't get the hormone levels that they want, resulting in thyroid symptoms. So when the cell danger response is activated, inflammation happens. And the cytokines, which are inflammatory chemicals, can deactivate the thyroid hormones in the cell so they never reach the the nucleus to activate. During the cell danger response, signaling molecules are released. These are called DAMPs, also known as damage-associated molecular patterns, and PAMPs, which are pathogen-associated molecular patterns. And they're released to alert the immune system that the cells need to help fight a threat. As a virus, it could be a, a heavy metals, it could be a toxin, or any number of things. The thyroid gland is especially sensitive to damps and pamps and can initiate self-destruction that can then lead to autoimmune disease like Hashimoto's. When the cell danger response becomes chronic, hypothyroid symptoms occur as the thyroid hormones are deactivated in order to slow down the metabolism. So we're not wasting energy on activities and fun in life when it could be used for healing 
And that's what we see in people, right? They're exhausted. They don't have the energy. And then when we turn to dealing with that by giving them things to stimulate extra thyroid hormone or give them replacement thyroid hormone, we're actually interfering with that cell danger response, which is the way the body's protecting itself. So it's not always a good idea to put people on thyroid replacement. I mean, unless, of course, their thyroid gland has been irradiated or they've it's been removed due to cancer or Graves' disease, which we'll talk about on another show. When the TSH and T4 are in optimal range, Western medicine considers that normal thyroid function. So someone who comes in suffering from exhaustion, inability to lose weight, depression, constipation, etc., they're just told to take a variety of different medications and deal with it, right? When in reality, we need the thyroid to be functioning normally inside the cells. According to Dr. Eric Balkavage, who is the co-author of a book called The Thyroid Debacle, many of the symptoms like fever, fatigue, depression, inflammation that we normally consider as disease states are actually the normal response of the cell danger response. It's the body trying to protect itself. When we try to suppress inflammation using medications or even natural remedies, this can be a problem because when we suppress the body's natural innate defense mechanisms, we can perpetuate the cell danger response. So as you're seeing, this thyroid situation is a lot more detailed than just testing TSH. And if it's high, testing T4. It's also a lot more intricate than testing the other thyroid hormones and other things. In another episode, we're going to talk about the testing for thyroid function and testing for the things around thyroid that are going to be problematic that we need to be looking at. We cannot just look at people who have symptoms of abnormal thyroid function and just do a TSH and T4. It's very sad that doctors are taught that when T4 is normal and when TSH is normal, even if the person has symptoms, we don't deal with it. We don't tell them they have a thyroid problem. We don't address it as a thyroid problem. So what happens? These poor people are struggling. I've worked with people who have been struggling for 15 years and not been able to get better because no one was addressing the true underlying cause. TSH measures vary a lot. They vary by day. They can vary by time of day. Or if a person gets it tested on a different day, but different time, the TSH can vary by as much as 40%. That's huge. So how can we just sanely think that just testing TSH is going to give us a sense of how well the thyroid's functioning. As we said before, even if the thyroid gland is working perfectly, we can still have thyroid symptoms because we're not getting the hormone into the cells to work perfectly in there. Dr. Kelly Halderman, the other co-author of the thyroid debacle, an allopathically trained MD who started questioning what she'd been taught when she developed Hashimoto's, an autoimmune thyroid condition, and she wasn't getting help. She started looking at the fallacy behind what she was taught. Oh, you're fine, girl. You know, your TSH is five. It's not a problem. So what she did was, as she learned and dug to learn more, she started to question the allopathic model that she'd been taught. And I want to share those with you today. 
Well, number one, it prioritizes lab values over how the patient's feeling. Oh, you're not, you don't have thyroid problems, even though it presents like a thyroid problem because your TSH is normal. It also operates under the belief that TSH is an early indicator of thyroid dysfunction, when in fact, it's a late sign. It's kind of like the fasting glucose is to diabetes. It's a late sign. We know that there are other ways to test and evaluate long before the person becomes diabetic. Same is true in the thyroid. The other thing that the Western model does is it believes that TSH reigns. Like, that's it. That symptoms don't matter because TSH is normal, so nothing else we can do. It fails to recognize that various diseases, medications, supplements, age, gender, ethnicity, smoking, and other factors can influence the level of TSH. And it doesn't take into account the fact that thyroid hormone regulation is not the same in all tissues in the body. And it's not the same in all levels of stress, that stress impacts the level of these hormones. So we can't just say, oh, just give this person thyroid replacement if they have a high TSH, or let's not because they don't have a high TSH. And we're just ignoring what's really happening with that person. And I don't want you guys to do that. It focuses on achieving thyroid replacement levels that return TSH to normal. And as we just said, TSH isn't the be-all and the end-all that it's believed to be. It's actually a late indicator. So people are suffering needlessly because we're not addressing this. And it doesn't have an approach to autoimmune. Uh, when you ask a lot of medical doctors why they don't test for the autoimmune, the antibodies, they'll say, well, we don't know how to treat it any differently. We, if, if it shows up, I'm still going to give them T4. So there's a lot of misconceptions in thyroid treatment and a lot of things that just aren't working well to help people. And there's so many people suffering. So given the importance of the cell danger response in thyroid hormone regulation, where do we start in trying to restore balance. We start at the very beginning, right? We start at the place that we all need to be starting for, whether it's a thyroid problem or whether it's a blood sugar problem or whether it's some other problem. We need to reduce the cellular stress. So how do we reduce the cellular stress? We start with food. Ask lots of questions about their diet. Ask lots of questions about what they're eating and when they're eating. How close to bedtime? Are they eating all day long? All of these things contribute to the cell danger response, to the cells being stressed. And you know, we need to get rid of the cellular stress to make this work. So when we recommend less processed foods, which we all know that that's the, the most important thing, what we're doing is taking away that cellular stress. And when we recommend whole foods that are loaded with nutrition and, and antioxidants and all the things that can help us heal, then we can go a long way towards restoring thyroid balance. So instead of recommending shopping bags full of supplements, how about we recommend real food? And we optimize the nutrient levels based on the individual. Some people need more fat. Some people need less fat. Some people need low carbs. Some people need moderate carb. There's no one size fits all diet approach to anything, let alone to thyroid conditions. So here's the things that we need to be avoiding in order to get thyroid functioning better, to get the hormone levels, to get the cells functioning better. 
Well, one thing is tap water. It's loaded with chlorine, fluoride, and medication residues and other chemicals that damage not only the thyroid itself, but the receptors. We have need to avoid pesticides, recommend people do organic food. We need to make sure they're not doing a lot of preservatives, which can damage the cells and the thyroid itself. Avoiding artificial colors and flavors. These are all things you know about, right? And you know how to do if you've been in functional practitioner for a while, if you're a health coach. But if you've been trained in conventional medicine, these may be way out there. And you're going, well, these make sense. Why didn't we learn this in medical school? You need to be avoiding GMOs, genetically modified organisms, and irradiated foods. Plus the sugar and the flour, which contribute to blood sugar and insulin imbalances. And guess what? Too much insulin actually damages those thyroid receptors. We need to avoid those halides, right? The bromine that's in processed baked goods and in a lot of waters and hard plastics and citrus flavored sodas, as well as chlorine, which is in, we mentioned in the tap water, because those interfere with the cellular uptake of iodine, which is critical for thyroid function and fluoride and toothpaste and the drinking water as well. So we need to be really balancing this. And iodine is one of those controversial nutrients. We'll deal with that in another segment when we talk about food and nutrients, because, you know, some people love it, some people hate it, but the truth is everybody's different. Some people have excess iodine and that can cause aggravation of Hashimoto's and other autoimmune. Some people don't have enough iodine. And when there's not enough iodine, how are we going to make thyroid hormones? Triiodothyronine, T4. There's three and four iodine molecules in there. So if we don't have enough iodine, guess what? We can't make enough. So these are all things that you need to be considering. So all the basic healthy lifestyle habits need to be considered when we're dealing with reducing the cell stress and helping with the thyroid function. And we want to balance things. So sleep, we've had a whole theme on sleep on the podcast. Go back and listen to it if you missed it. Breathing, making sure that we're breathing deeply and fully and using the diaphragm because that's so important to get oxygenation to the cells and the tissues. We need to look at emotions. Emotional upset creates cortisol levels, creates stress levels. And there's a lot of studies that are showing that emotional imbalances create disease. We need to look at the microbiome to have a healthy microbiome. We need to have gut that's healthy and we can restore that, not with a handful of supplements, although sometimes probiotic supplementation is important, but also with food, with helping people to learn to make fermented foods at home. And you can do it. Go back to one of our previous episodes in another section that we talked about how even people who have so-called SIBO who get bloated and gassy with fermented food, that there's ways to help them to make that. So these are important factors. And of course, removing toxins from the environment, making sure they're using clean hair care and house care, cleaning products, and from within the body. So start with the diet and lifestyle. A healthy gut and a healthy liver help with the T4 to T3 conversion, the activation of the thyroid hormone. So if you're dealing with lots of toxins in the environment, the liver can't spend its time converting T4 to T3, right? It's going to be spending its time on getting the body to deal with those toxins. So low stress reduces cortisol. 
So this is important, having mindfulness practices, meditation, yoga, heart math, tapping, something to get the mindfulness happening and reduce the stress. Because when you have the stress reduction, we have lower cortisol levels, which means that there's lower inflammation and it keeps the hormones activated. Insufficient cortisol lowers the thyroid receptor sensitivity. So if somebody's depleted from stress over time, they're not going to be able to have good receptor function. They're not going to be able to have good conversion function. When cortisol is in excess, it increases blood sugar and insulin. <clears throat> Those two reduce thyroid function. If you don't get the insulin and blood sugar under control, you can't get their thyroid under control. Plus, the response of insulin, high levels of insulin can actually also damage the thyroid receptors in addition to the insulin receptors. Cortisol is needed to sensitize the thyroid receptors. So we need enough. We need the Goldilocks basically amount of cortisol, not too much, not too little. And there finally too much cortisol decreases the thyroid conversion in its active form. Balanced blood sugar and insulin levels, as I said before, keeps the thyroid receptors operating well so that we get enough intracellular thyroid to make the body work properly. On our next episode, we're going to go into detail about thyroid lab testing and other important tests that are not just testing the thyroid that can help us identify what's throwing the thyroid hormone levels inside the cells out of balance. So we put together a free guide on thyroid health. It's at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash thyroid. And in there, we'll have some lab testing sheets and we'll have some medications and other toxins that interfere with thyroid function. So you have these as nice references when you're working with your clients. You have the power to educate and empower your patients and clients to use the power of nutrition and lifestyle, healthy lifestyle choices that they can make that you can guide them to so that they can optimize their thyroid function as well as the entire endocrine system. So I recommend that you study and learn and always be a resource to people who seek your help. For more in-depth information and trainings on for health practitioners, I recommend you visit www.inemethod.com. Become part of the movement to reinvent our healthcare system. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.